everybody, welcome to episode 265 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Shia Dumont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. Robinson. Paul Robinson. Paul Robinson. I'm here. That's you. Your Do name not is, fear. Your name is boring. It is. It is. I don't know what type, like if you look at my face, what do I look like? Hmm. Like a Brad? No. No. It's weird because I, I know you you're only a Paul. Know me, yeah. But I don't know. That's an interesting question. What would I think your name was? I don't know. Jason. Jason. I'll take Jason. Yeah. You kind of look like like a Jason. Like if I if I really just try to like clear my mind. Is it because of my resemblance to Jason Momoa? That's that's got to be what it is. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Identical. Ah. Identical. Identical. Um, so it's been a week. We had a bit of a, yeah. a, a snafu, if you will, as the kids say. Okay. Um, we had to switch our website, oh uh, server, the server for our websites, plural. Yeah. Um, it was a complete disaster. There was like all coding issues and. It was a clusterfuck to say the least. So um, the and episode not, was a little late, and the uh, last. And week. I'm not one to like badmouth a company or anything, but don't use Host Monster because they <laughs> suck. They suck hard. We're definitely not bashing them, but no, they are the worst. The toilets. I had malware on my site. You know, WordPress. It happens. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's whatever. And so then I called and uh, spoke to them, and and they said. They said that, uh, oh, yeah, you, you got some malware in there. You Why are you screaming? I don't know. I get excited. <laughs> I'm so upset about Sir, this Sir, I need situation. you to take it down a couple notches. So I, I called them and I said, uh, yeah, so there's mal how do I get rid of it? And they're like, all right, here's a list of like 5,000 files that have it yeah. on there. Delete them all. I said, bet, let's do this. So I went through, and a lot of them were on sites that we'd never really use anymore, so I just deleted the whole site. Mm -hmm. Went through, deleted them all contacted them back said everything's deleted let's go and they said nope there's still now there's some on there and so i guess the malware or whatever regenerated the fucking <laughs> files or something so all the files are back on there deleted them all again just just kept going on i did this like three or four times and then i said all right what's what else can we do and they said well we have site lock and you can use them mm -hmm. and they'll get rid of it and whatever and so i'm like yeah great have them call me so they call me and they're like yeah we can get rid of it all but it's gonna be three hundred dollars per site right of which we have four main sites right and so i was like yeah no and then so i just literally took those files put them on a new server and everything's fine for now for now um yeah so i had to like so for the nerds out there i had to drag the files over the new server had i think they have a way of like shutting code down that has spam on it or parts of the code that have that, that have spam or something. And then so I was able to back up the site, clean it all out, fresh install, and then bring in my, my files, the images, and posts, and all that stuff. So now it's like a fresh, clean install. And you know what? It didn't cost me anything. And this service is actually going to be cheaper. So Yeah, so unfortunately, our, our contract with um, HostMonster mm -hmm. wasn't up. Um, so that that is a loss there. 
uh, unfortunately. Because, because like I said, Host Monster just, is garbage. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the question that I have as, as a non-nerd is like, I'm under the, you know, it's not like you're purchasing the website through them, right? You have to purchase your website don domain and then you take it to whatever server that you take it to. And I'm like, what were we paying you for? Like, so you're telling well, me that space. what we pay you for is like solely to have this domain name on your server. But if anything goes wrong on your watch, it's pretty much our fucking problem. Yeah. And I don't really understand that. I'm just yeah, kind of well, like, you know, we, we pay a lot of money and I would think that, you know, you would fix that. It's yeah. like like a cable service. Yeah. It reminds me of like when we would when we would have issues with cable, right? So we went through this with Comcast, I believe. Mm -hmm. Where we kept losing our internet and cable or something or both or one or the other something was something kept going on. And I called them over like twice at this point already and then they send this guy over who's at the house for like a century. And then decides to, 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 you know, wrap everything up with there is a wire behind the TV that goes into the crawl space because, like, they don't do crawl spaces. Yeah. Um, and that has to be replaced because that wire is what's causing this whole issue. And mm -hmm. I was like, right, right. And they're like, that whole thing, like, you're never going to be able to have any services work yeah. right because of this. And then you came home when I told you and you were like, yeah, it's not that wire. And then in order for them to replace that wire, they would have to send someone else out who does yeah. do crawl spaces and charge like $300 to change this wire. And we just never changed the wire. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was fine. Because <laughs> was it, it wasn't like... a wire. Like, because the wire, the wire, it, it, there was no wire. It was their wire. I just ran their wire through the wall to a connector. And they could argue that the connector was an issue but the connector was rated higher than the wire so it's yeah well i mean just the point being that it was like scary. you know it was their issue yeah until it was something they couldn't figure out and then all of a sudden it was that like was an thing. additional issue yeah. that we would have to pay for and i yeah. was like yeah i'm not doing that like we already pay you guys way too much like this if my internet and 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 cable isn't working it is solely your problem yeah. uh anyway so um I mean, there are things that are out of there. Sure, so if sure it's if it's know. with the house. Yeah. But like, if I'm losing, if I'm losing my cable and internet, I have it, and then suddenly it's gone, and there's errors and all that shit. Yeah. That's on your it side. Like, like there's before. no way yeah. that, you know, my lights are on, all of my electricity is working, but just your 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 service doesn't seem to be working. It's somehow going to be my problem. Yeah. Um. So that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> so we are. Um, we're going to have a couple chats. I guess we'll start off with uh, Mission Impossible, which um, you may not know it by looking at me, but uh, it's one of the few movies that I think I've seen most of them in the theater. It's um, it's yeah, weird it's thing. really weird because I'm not a Tom Cruise fan either. Um, but uh, I had initially I started watching it because Philip Seymour Hoffman had been in one of the Mission, Mission Impossibles. Sure was. And so uh, that's what kind of dragged me in and then I always had the hope that he would come back mm -hmm. for all of them <laughs> so yeah, right. I just kept watching them I don't know and uh yeah it's really weird so Mission Impossible and 007 huh. Craig don't come don't come to me with the vintage shit like I didn't watch it when I was younger I yeah. don't watch it Sean now Connery, I'm not a Connor. Care. nope don't give a shit didn't like that guy 
Um, but for some reason, I think, when was the first 007 with Daniel Craig? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember what year that was. I don't know why I initially saw that. And then it just like, it's so, because to me, there's really, there is little to no difference between 007 and Mission Impossible. I was just going to say that. They're the same fucking movie with yeah. completely different actors. I, I, I'm like, you it's, can't. Mission Impossible is the American. Exactly. Yeah. James Mission Bond. Impossible is the American James Bond. They have, they both have the same inflated budget. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the characters, like what they're working with, and you know, as a yeah. storyline, they yeah. they have just just this wealth of riches uh, that they have. Uh, wealth of riches. What the hell was that? <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, you got um, a wealth of riches. Yeah, but you it's know, the riches of wealth. The riches of wealth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the riches of the riches of Eastwick, East if you will. Eastwick. 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 <laughs> All right, Bowie. Um, East Wook. So, East <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. And, you know, not even because the Brits have infiltrated Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, way more than w- way more than we've shoved into Back 007. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Christ, the. Uh, Tom Cruise is like the only non-Brit in the whole Pretty thing. much, yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, Ving Rhames, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I think everybody else is British. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, any Hoosers, um, I watched this in the theater. I, I, you know, it's weird. It's kind of like my Marvel. Yeah. Where I'm like, storyline, fucking basic. Not giving me anything special. It's all about the bells and whistles. You really only watch those movies for the stunts and the fight scenes. And that's it. Like, mm-hmm. that's really it. Um, Tom Cruise. I'm not really a fan of Tom Cruise. And this is a, a person that I, I have to push the hardest with art and artist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pile of turds of a person i mean we all know his connection in scientology and the power that he has there and the fucking evil that has been uh uh, uh, spewed because of his assistance in that Mm -hmm. so i have no respect for the dude i don't fucking like the guy and if i'm being quite honest like i don't i won't say that he's an okay actor i think that he has i've he's on a, a few occasions given very very good performances he's more than like okay but i don't think he's great and i think it has been damn well over 20 years if i had to guess since he's taken a role that was not an action sequence yeah after action sequence after action sequence what was the last thing he did before mission impossible He's done like Jack Reacher and obviously see the problem the problem with Tom Cruise is, is he's in one of my top ten favorite sci-fi movies, which is Ed- Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. But again, another action film, however, with a good story. It's one of the few. Um, but you know, there was a point in like 
it was a point in his career, like in the 80s, he was like the it boy and he did what he did. But then there was like this span in the 90s where he started doing like actual artistic drama, like yeah. movie, movie. Magnolia. And, yeah, Magnolia, and... Vanilla Sky, you know. Uh, and then before then in the 80s, uh, 80s, was it, still, I think 89, uh, Born in the Fourth of July? Yeah, Born in the Fourth of July, I think. You know, great performance in that, obviously. Um, you know, his Jerry Maguire days, his yeah. Rain Man days, like when it was about. Not going to do what you think. It was about that character development and uh -huh. you've got eyes wide shut, you know, whether you liked the movies or not, it was, you know, there was a person that you looked at and you said, oh, oh this person is an actor. Right. And then somewhere in the tooth, like around 2000, he just went like action mode. Yeah. And everything just like went fucking haywire from there where it's like his performances were acceptable, mm -hmm. but nothing special. I've seen most of what he was in, not all of, but what most of what he was in from 2000 to now. And it's just like, all right, what's he jumping off of in this one? Yeah. Um, I'll, I have to give him that. Fucker will jump off of anything. Yeah. But, I, but you I, know, I, if I, I'm I, judging him as an actor, it's like, it's like Tom Cruise is like if Jason Statham was a really good actor. Hmm. Jason Statham has admitted that he's not a great actor. He yeah. knows he knows his he knows his, his niche place. there. He knows yeah. his place, and that's his little niche. And he hangs out in there. But I think if you ask Tom Cruise, he would tell you he was a great actor and stuntman. And yeah. I'm like, you're a good actor and a great stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty much a stuntman at this point. Yeah, he's a stuntman who can act. Um, I just hate that like he gets all of this attention for doing all these stunts. Like Jackie Chan hasn't been around since I'm the saying. 50s. I'm saying, you know, amongst others, um, yeah, as well obviously. as every stunt person. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You know, and so it's yeah, it's they'll talk about like how it's so great that he did these stunts. And I'm like, all right, where's their category in the awards? Yeah, we yeah, still right. don't have that. But we're talking about what an amazing feat it is that he jumped off of a cliff with a parachute attached to him. It's like, yeah, people do that shit all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And they don't get the the uh, the the fame out of it. Yeah. They're like this little name that gets pushed at the bottom of the end credits and off they go to the next. You know, they're doing that all the time. You're yeah. doing that like for this movie, but they're doing this all the time. Yeah. And they're going to be extra careful with your ass. If they lose one of those unknown right. stunt people, they're like, oh, fuck it. It was that's an accident. The you know, they can't lose Tom Cruise yeah. <laughs> on set. And that's the other thing, too. Like, you know, I have uh, more Jackie Chan films than I'll admit publicly, but. Uh, Why? What's the shame? No, he's no. he's a he's a great well, stunt guy. They're all VHS. Yes, they're in our attic. Yeah. I don't think those things would play if you tried. Yeah, they've probably all melted. But uh, it's you know like this is you know his stuff is like back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties when he did most of his like crazy crazy stunts, mm -hmm. and it was like, not only was it back then, so the uh, safety precautions were not what they are today. It was like you know in China and stuff where they just like. Maybe put maybe put some cardboard down for you if if they're feeling lucky if you're if they're feeling, if you're feeling like, generous that day yeah and and uh, so yeah I don't know and I'm not taking anything away from what he does because I wouldn't do it but no it's 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 uh but he's a stunt yeah. guy yeah he's a he's a he's a cushy stunt guy yeah the cushiest I would have to say I don't I don't know that there's any stunt person that gets better treatment than Tom Cruise at this yeah, point right. um so on to the movie. Um, it, you know, it's Mission Impossible. It Mission Impossible. Yeah. It it did what it what they do. It's like it's kind of hard to give a really detailed uh, opinion of of like the storytelling because it's very very 
uh you know, typical, I, yeah. and, you know, it was entertaining. It was a long movie that didn't feel long. So no, it didn't. So uh, kudos to that. Mm-hmm. The pacing and everything felt good. The action was good. Um, I could have dealt with like there was a, a train sequence toward the end, which I kind of was like, I went on a little bit. <laughs> it's going on a little bit too long. And I was like, OK, now another one's falling and then uh, another one's falling. And then you got to And it's like another one, another one, another one. So Tom Cruise is like, how many train things do you want to fall off? Another one. <laughs> How many and, how many cars are we going to? Yeah, through? yeah. And so yeah, I don't know. It was it, it was it was good. You know, it was fun. It was worth going to the theater and seeing it. You know, we we don't go obviously like most people we don't go nearly as much. Although uh, this month we we saw Mission Impossible and yeah. we're set to see Oppenheimer. So this yeah. this is like a, a busy month for us. It just so happened to be that those two things came out. Um I've heard some mixed reviews about Oppenheimer. You always will. It's Nolan. You know what I mean? We heard yeah. the same thing about Tenet. People dragged that movie through the mud so much so that we didn't see it until like a year later. And yeah. I was like, wasn't that bad? Yeah. I actually sure enjoyed it's... it. It's just like kind of went in, you know. This is his most drama. Drama based. Yeah. Well, look, he got heavy hitters as actors. Like yeah. essentially, like if even if. Look, I'll watch not... Killian Murphy read the phone book. He's, so. he's, he's your boo. Um, yeah. I mean, it, like you can't. You can't really argue with the casting there. So it's just like, all right, if I'm watching a drama, then I'm watching a Nolan produced drama, I guess. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Um But I think they they're they're I think going into it you have to be prepared because the trailers make it seem like more almost like a thriller that's really tense and it's not that. But you know, they're you know, it's marketing, so they wanna get mm-hmm. as many people in there as possible. But I just feel like you're doing more harm than good because if you go in expecting a thriller that's really tense and you watch a biopic you may be like "Mm." i assumed i don't know why the vibe i get from this is kind of like hidden figures yeah probably that's what it feels like to me when i watch it and i'm like you know knowing the story i'm like isn't this kind of like oh this is a little bit more stakes are higher because it's nuclear (laughs) and with hidden figures it was you know that one mission but it was like the stakes were high financially and in that time and with history and all of that. My so that's understanding how I'm going about in. history is like none of the people that they're really talking about are like good people, <laughs> you know. Like, well, yeah, that's so most people <laughs> weren't. It's an interesting concept to to go into the psyche of someone that, like, yeah, you you have to build this bomb or else someone else is going to. And then it's like the the it's like you're you're what does that do to a person, you know? Yeah. Which I don't know, you know. I don't remember, you know, history in school, so I don't know if he was like torn up about it or if he was like, "Let's go." I mean, he seemed like he was in the trailers, but I don't know much about the history of of him. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Who could say really? Um. Anyway, we'll go back into Mission Impossible. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, Simon, Pe- like we love Simon Pegg, and so mm-hmm. it's just you know. Um, and, uh, Rebecca Ferguson's really good. We just watched her in silo. And so it was, mm-hmm. you know, still coming off of that. Um, you know, she's, I'm air quoting. We're obviously we're spoiling things here. So don't listen mm-hmm. if you don't want to, uh, you know, she's dead. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't see anything to yeah. prove that she's dead. So whatever. I'm Very convinced possible. that, that her ass is popping back up in, in sure. part two. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's that's probably the one thing about it's it's like Marvel. It's exactly the same thing, right? Yeah. It's just like Marvel. We're like, oh, this character died. Like, sure they did. They're gonna show up in some multiverse yeah. because yeah. somebody farted on a Tuesday, and that's that was the magic potion you needed right. to bring well, that Tuesday superhero. Tuesday is the day back. for superheroes to come back, <laughs> and it's also the fart day. It's the opportune time for farting. Yeah, so, well, that's every day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think. And I think it's like it did its job. It's entertaining. The yeah. fact that we didn't feel like it was three hours was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was invested. I agree. The train scene was a little bit like, all right, all right, all yeah. right, all right. Let's, let's keep going. And and we both love ourselves some Haley Atwell. But if Rebecca Ferguson is dead, like, why? Like, we got to get we get rid of Rebecca Ferguson and bring in Haley Atwell. And it's like, well, why did you have to switch them? I will say this. That, uh, that Haley Atwell's gorgeous. Yeah, she's great. But she's beautiful. There was the scene when Vanessa Kirby pretends to be Haley Atwell's character. I thought she did a really good job with that scene. When when she Atwell goes to, pretends to be Kirby. No, when Kirby. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I was like, what? No, but Kirby did a good job of pretending right, to be. Right. Yeah, I'm sure I said that wrong. But you yeah, know you what said I mean. Kirby pretends yeah, to be yeah. Atwell. Reverse it. No, Kirby does pretend to be Atwell. No, Atwell's pretending to be Vanessa Kirby. Right, but it's Vanessa Kirby. Yes, but that's she's why I'm using their their actual names, not their character. She's pretending names. to be yeah. that character. Right, and she has she, her face. Right, I thought she did a good job at at that, um, making you feel like it was that. But for us watching it, we're always just like, okay, so now they can become taller or smaller. Or, you know, it's like <laughs> could change the you know how. Well, my thing was always like, the like, teeth. Physically. So, you know, yeah, they, he, yeah. he, he's got yeah. the magic face changer, which they also did in Minority Report. Uh, but they make in my Minority Report another another fa- uh, favorite sci-fi yeah. of mine with Tom Cruise. I don't know how he snuck into sci-fi with me, but yeah. he did. Um, I saw that shit in the theater where, you know, it stuck under the chin and it made your face wrinkly. Kind of kind of similar concept, right. not quite right. as extreme because it didn't change your whole face. It just sort of altered your face. Um, but with this, I was like, it's kind of amazing how it changes their whole face, but their teeth are exactly the same because mm-hmm. Haley Atwell has a very specific set of chompers and so does, so does Kirby that was, you could distinguish one from the other. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know how you would do that. You obviously couldn't change their teeth because it's just the actor playing themselves. Yeah. Um, but and it's it was, little things like that, yeah. you know. And it was also weird when um, the face changer broke, like the face changing machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like in the other room, like, hey, boss, this is broken. Okay, well, what it's like. You have all was, of these. I was like mega suspicious about like, wait, what is this? Like, yeah, what? like it was just so weird. Yeah. So out of place. They were like, hey, a bad guy's coming. Like, like, what do we do? Him, I don't know. They show him like trying to do it. And then Nothing. like he hit a wrong button, maybe or something like, you know, it just was. That, all right. Now it's broken. Yeah. It seemed like a pretty sloppy, yeah. lazy kind of way of saying we would have to do it this way yeah. instead of having the machine actually get destroyed like there's something should have happened yeah. where they were like oh shit yeah. and the machine was broken or like got shot through you or know, something because it, it spilled coffee on it or if, give me something if there's a bullet that goes through it we're like all right well that's done but it doesn't just break yeah where's your it person yeah so convenient i mean i guess if it's gonna break it has to break at some point when you're doing something important but still like it just felt so not at their level not at yeah. their gajillion dollar so, level like convenient it was it was pretty lazy yeah lazy it was kind of lazy writing um another thing that drives me crazy and this is with every action film not just uh not just these is like um (laughs) people's complete 
uh, th their ability to just bounce back from incredibly violent blows to their face and not even have bruises. Like, so mm -hmm. there was like this yeah. alleyway fight um, with Tom Cruise and was it Paris? Yeah. Is that the character? And I mean, he legit like practically curb stomps her yeah. into the brick. And in the following scene, which takes place shortly after, not even a scratch. I mean, could you just amuse me with yeah. a scratch? <laughs> I mean, her whole fucking face went into the wall, like at warp speed with force. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> and, you know, this is this is still where we have a lot of of uh, of improvement uh, that needs to take place in Hollywood where it's like, well, we can't make her ugly. Yeah. Or we can't make the we can't make Tom Cruise look bruised. Like, yeah. why? <laughs> why the fuck not? Yeah. I mean, like, you need to either work around your choreography where there's less uh, like facial cranial slams. Yeah. I almost said facial and cranial. Cracial fan <laughs> slams. Yeah. Franium. Fr your franiums. But like it made no sense. I and while it was happening, I said, I swear to God, if we see this woman again and her face is not complete, she doesn't have two black eyes. I'm going to be raging. And yeah. there she was just pristine as ever. Like yeah. nothing had happened. Um, one thing I will give them credit for, and I'll uh, it almost it almost stomps out the lack of bruising to the face slamming was that on the train, Haley Atwell, one of the most gorgeous women, just throwing that in there in case you didn't know, has to do her thing, and homegirl pulled the hair tie off of her fucking wrist and wrapped up her hair because mm. that's what we do yeah okay when we I have are to wonder if that was like an actor decision or i don't know whose decision it was but they should get high I think five it does, because I think it, but it does add a please. bit of ten, like it adds that like i'm getting ready thing to the moment you know? nobody is running into the face of danger with a, a face full of hair flying all over but you're on top of a train yeah. do you know how much wind maybe maybe most people don't have the scrunchie I'm know. pretty sure that it was a production and it was in the script for her to do that because they knew that once they had that wind machine blowing at her you were never going to be able to see her face yeah so she was going to have to tie her hair back but how many times have we seen this where it's just like waist length hair running into danger you don't have five seconds to like tie your hair back you ha we tie our hair back it's the first thing we do when we're like oh shit something has to, get to we tie our hair back uh so i loved that the character did that mm-hmm I know I'm like uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but <laughs> you know, we, there's just so much that we can get at this point. Yeah. Um, otherwise I thought like, yeah, it was good. It yeah. was, you know, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know if I would have liked it as much if I, if I didn't have the at well, mm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. she's my girl. One of my girl crushes for sure. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to anything. Tom Cruise was, I'm no better than a man. Yeah. Well, no better because I anything any scene that she was in, I was just paying attention to her. I didn't give a shit what Tom Cruise had to say. Yeah. Although, you know, I have to admit. I was getting a little frustrated with her antics with him. You know, I was like, can he just maybe. 
Well, that was, that was the thing I was thinking, He was letting actually. her get away with everything. And I yeah. was like, ma'am, do you not understand that the stakes are high here? <laughs> Can yeah. you stop with this shit, please? Yeah, there was that. And then there was also, like, Ethan Hunt's supposed to be this amazing person, but, like, keeps getting outdone by pretty much everybody. By everybody. <laughs> not even just her, but, like, everybody. Um, I think, you know... Which is, I guess, you know, on one hand, it's kind of cool because it shows him as being human, but on the other hand, yeah, but it's, it's like, Ethan how, Hunt. yeah, come on, you gotta be a little bit above That's like Bond average. being outwitted at every turn. Yeah. It doesn't, you're not Bond anymore. You know, clearly, Ethan has hit his AARP days, and he doesn't yeah. have it the way he used I to have it. I wonder how many more he planned. I know, obviously, there... There's part two, and I think it should stop there because, well, like, watching... because of the strike, Yeah, but you know, but, like, I don't know how far he keeps... Watching a barrel-chested Tom Cruise hurl himself off of a cliff he's got that tom cruise run man <laughs> my god can, as long as he can tom cruise run you can if you just covered his head and had him running i would know immediately that it was tom cruise yeah um yeah i don't want to be ageist about it but i just think it starts to look like kind of i think it's because like i don't feel like he's embraced his age mm. you know i think in his mind he's still like yeah i, I, I could I could pull 30, right? And it's like, no, babe, not anymore. Well, it's one thing. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to to pull off a well-choreographed stunt, like the motorcycle and the parachute. You know, it's it's physically taxing. It's it's crazy. But I think there's a, a different type of shape that you have to be in when you're going from that to like a, a well-choreographed fight scene. For sure. You know, there's a whole aspect of speed and, and uh, Skill. agility that is there. And I'm sure Tom Cruise had, like I, I wanted better fight scenes in this film. Mm. You know, the it was a lot was of like tricks. Whatever, but it was like, a lot of tricks. I would have loved to have seen like a, a, a nice, like the the bathroom scene in the in the one with, you know, it was the, the last one when they had that big fight in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That was a great fight scene. Yeah. It was intense, but. Um, it was more visual trickery than anything. Yeah. A lot of that. But, you know, it, it was fun. So, But if you look, if you use Jackie Chan as an example, Jackie aged his characters into his films, right? He wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to rumble in the Bronx at, at 60. Right. You know, he started playing characters that was like, yeah, I'm 60 now, right? Yeah. So like, like and maybe, still, maybe I will have a safety harness. Yeah, still, still doing his shit, right? But, you know, n- no longer rush hour two days and... And uh, even rush hour films, he was like, I mean, that was more studio saying like we can't. Right. But no, but I mean, if you look at like his recent movies, it's like it's he's toned it down because he's realistic, right? Like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna be flying all over the place, and he's just allowed himself to just kind of be his age and then take on roles where there's choreography and he does some cool shit, but uh, you know, not like he used to because he can't. Yeah. Um. Still kick anybody's ass half of age, half his age for sure. But, you know, it it's just something about I guess what it is with Tom Cruise is that he has such a big ego that I can't get past yeah. that. Right. Like, I don't I, I, I give him credit. He does his stunts. I can't take that from him. But I guess it's different in that, like a stunt person does that because they love being a stunt person. Right. But he's an actor that I feel like he got so much shit for being outed. That he started doing stunt work to sort of redeem himself mm. in a way. And I think it's more ego driven. Yeah. Right. It's not so much like, hey, I love doing stunt work as it is like people will think I'm so great because I'm going to fly off of this mountain. That's how dedicated of an actor I am. Yeah. It's like, all right, you know, but people do this all the time. And that's like their whole job. Like it's no yeah. more special because you're doing it. I don't yeah. know. I still, I haven't forgotten about the Scientology thing, Tom. Yeah. 
I don't care how many things you jump off of. <laughs> You're still a dick. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so. You jump off the Scientology building. <laughs> <laughs> Not kill yourself or anything, but, you know, just We're, do a stunt and. We don't condone that. But if you maybe really, really sprained your ankle bad yeah. so that it was never quite the same again, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Well, just I saying. mean, like, jump off of it as in to get away. Like, I don't mean. That's like, never going to happen. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. But he's the man. He's like practically the man behind the curtain. Yeah. He's the man point. behind the man behind the curtain at this point. Yeah. It's um, like this. It's like this. This is another reason that people hate Hollywood is because of stuff like this. It'll come out that he did all these horrible things. And then everyone will be like, well, all these people worked with him and you're horrible people. And it's like it's like this big secret that nobody in Hollywood wants to talk about. You know? Yeah. It's really weird, though, because like... I, all he seems to get along really well with all his co-stars, and we're fans of well, his it's co-stars. It's like we've always said, like his level of Scientology is not the level of yeah, Scientology. Yeah, but no, that but every, he's but he knows what's going. Yeah, on. Yeah, he he's not like oh raised into Scientology kind of celebrity. He he went in yeah. late. He's like running and, shit, and he's running shit. Yeah. So it's it's always it's there's always a part of me that's kind of disappointed to see him like you know, rubbing elbows with people that, that, you know, we, that aren't in Scientology. Cause yeah. I'm just like, guys, how are you not eked by this guy? And like I find he's it, icky. I find it extremely interesting that all of this, all of the stuff on YouTube I've seen, it's all interviews with the cast. And I haven't, I haven't seen like one with him. Yeah. We don't want to talk to him, you know? And it's like, I wonder if that's cause people, you know, someone's going to be like, so how's Scientology going? Listen, once he started he jumping on that. couches and shit, I think his interviewing well, days, crazy, they were, but, they were like, you know what? Maybe we should I, just like, I find that so interesting. Cause then all these people are like, oh, he's crazy and he's great and he's old and he's, but he can still do but all these crazy things. But it's happened several times. He went off, you know, on, on postpartum tangents on, on live TV and stuff. You know, yeah. he, I think you just, they, they know, but his publicist is like, just keep him away from the interviews. Okay. Yeah. Um, so go going right into the business, we figured we would touch on the subject a bit of the strikes, because yeah. how could we not? We had a little bit of a scare. Uh, this Sunday, we are scheduled to see a off-Broadway play uh, titled The Grey House. Mm -hmm. It is starring the incomparable... Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Incomparable. Laurie Metcalf is, she's kind of, she's part of my Graceland as an actor. So yeah. um, I figured, I don't know how many other opportunities I would have to see this woman on stage. Um, she's also acting alongside Tatiana Maslany, who we've seen on stage before and we're fans of. And so it was just like, you know, this is just, I we have to, we must. And, uh, then the strikes started to take place. Yep. And then we got word that uh, there may have been a strike for Broadway. I don't know what that would have meant for off-Broadway or how far that would have gone into it. Uh, but I had a, a slight scare that we may not actually get to see the show. It seems there's been a tentative agreement that they've come to. Um, yeah, it's like the theater workers, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, but the, the back, people the backstage, people, yeah, yeah, hair and makeup, all the crew backstage, who, I mean, you absolutely need. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not not saying anything there, but, um, yeah, so, oof, it, it, this is, I don't know what to do here, 
because there are so many things to that. There's so many avenues that we can go down. Mm -hmm. And of course, one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, this is like people just wanting to be rich and just kind of looking at it from yeah. a celebrity status. Spoiled celebrities just want status. more money. Yeah. Look, the A-listers, they'll be fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah. But um, strikes are really devastating for people that are on our level and above and in between that. Literally 99% of the, yeah, like, the rest of the union. Is. It's very interesting that people seem to only equate acting with celebrity. Yeah. Uh, there are many, many actors out there, many familiar actors that do not make nearly as much as you think they're making. And so these types of deals and these agreements and these, uh, I guess, I don't know, I can't think of the right word for it. Um it's it's crucial to their their being able to survive. There was that video going around of the actress from Orange is the New Black yep. who had her residuals check of a whopping $27 yep. who was in many, many episodes. So it wasn't like, oh, this character that was in two episodes. She was in many episodes. So this is kind of Quite like... a potty mouth on that one too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. And now the actors are, are following in suit. And it was, well, I mean, it was the writers first and then the actors following in mm -hmm. suit. And so, you know, it's so funny how people are very quick to say like, oh, you know, all the shows on Netflix suck. They're, there's nothing creative on there, blah, 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 blah. And then this stuff comes out and it's like, yeah, this is why you need the writers. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think the only position in this business lower than a writer is probably an extra. It's the truth. I said what I said. Come at me. Yeah. If you've been on set, you know that. Like nobody's nobody's a bigger pile of of doo doo than a fucking extra, right? They're just like movie. It's cattle, right? Because they get them the day before. Well, Sometimes they, they, they don't give a shit about them. Yeah. It's I, like whatever. Yeah. And I think you know what the studio does is they will buy all the scripts like on the blacklist or wherever they do that. You know where they buy them from mm -hmm. or whatever. And then they just hold on to them, you know, yeah, and then that it. way they they pay the, the writer once, mm -hmm. I guess. And then I don't know, you know, I don't know what happens if they're like, all right, now this film is going in development. I don't know if they get more money or whatever. I don't know. I think it all depends on the contract you have. Yeah, like yeah. we've seen, you know, it, de it depends on your popularity. It depends on how well your last script had done. Mm -hmm. ba, 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 ba. It depends on but how much they'll offer So much you. of it goes to the director, right? So the director will get you know studio will be like we want this director he's going to direct this script or she's going to direct this script or whatever um and it's it's the writers like maybe they'll if you have a a, a res respectable director they'll reach out to the writer and maybe help fine tune it towards what the director was thinking or whatever um and uh yeah it just so when the writers started striking no nothing changed literally you know, things were, you know, mm -hmm. because things were already in the pipeline. They have tons of scripts lying around that they can just get other directors to polish up or they could just polish them up themselves. Well, yes everybody and no, because so many shows got halted because and this was the thing we didn't understand. Right. When they were like these shows, all these shows not they're in limbo. Right. Because of the writer's strike. And I'm like. In terms of like uh, production, they were like, oh, they were they had to halt production. And I'm like, did you not have the script finalized? Well, we know that that's not the case, but. 
that you're practically writing through production because you know but how crazy that yeah. that's what i'm saying like that is so cra- i mean of course because we're on such a tiny level compared to a series but i cannot imagine we're in the middle of recording this all right we're in production and there is still enough that needs to be done to this script that if the writer strike takes place we're done <laughs> i'm like really yeah that is i don't i couldn't function that way that's that's you're just in limbo and i just don't know how i i couldn't like we we got to have this wrapped up if we're going yeah, yeah. i don't want to be writing through i mean you know making revisions is one thing but like enough to halt the production you didn't have nearly enough of the script if that's yeah. the case well and i think a lot of times what, what will happen is something will happen on the day where you know, all right, well, we had to cut this scene and this scene because we literally ran out of time and we can't get this location again. So now we have to try mm-hmm. to tell this. So it's like, let's get in contact with the writer tonight and see what we can do to have this make sense because production got fucked somehow, whether it's, you know, what, regardless of whose fault it is, it just happens. And then uh, so there's that sort of stuff. And then it's and like that- you're telling me nobody, nobody in this entire production has enough creativity to fill in the blanks. Well, I'm sure they could, including but not as the well. director. That's crazy to me. I'm sure they could, but not as well as a. Uh, you know, sure, but that that just kind of proves my point there, right? Where it's yeah. just like, well, it's just the writer, and it's like, well, if just the writer isn't there, you guys don't seem to know what to do with like yeah. basic shit in storytelling. Um, I don't know. This this whole rabbit hole with this is really crazy. Um, Again, you know, writers, when when a movie is bad, it's the writer's fault. When a movie is good, it's the director's accomplishment. Yeah. It's always the case. Well, I don't know. I, I do feel like directors will get shit on if the movie's bad, too. If it's horrendous and the director is known for not being great, yeah, because then it becomes like a, you know, it's like a, a slapstick skit to make fun of that director. Like, for instance, when Michael Bay makes things, we all know it's going to be garbage. It's Michael Bay. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of what he does. We don't expect anything fabulous to come out of that man. But I'm talking about anything that isn't blockbuster shit, right? Cuz blockbuster stuff they they blame the director because it's all bells and whistles. But any but none of those things are ever story driven. Anything that's story driven mm. when it fails, so is the writer's fault. Mm. But we also don't understand what the contingencies were. Right. And well, I, I, yeah, I, I disagree. Okay. But not like, I'm not going to fight you on it, but I just, I feel like. Well, I kick really hard. I feel like writers are so out of the equation. I kick really hard, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like writers are so out of the equation that they don't get even the negative stuff. No, I've seen, I've I've heard so many people say that. And I'm like, that's ironic because I think if this movie did well, you wouldn't have given a shit about who wrote it. It would have been like, oh, it was, it was directed by this person. How amazing. I've I've heard it so many times yeah. and it, it's it's so unfair to me because it's like the writing also when the writing is praised it automatically gets connected to the director. I think that like people that are not film connoisseurs if you will for mm-hmm. the lack of a better pretentious term, right? They find out about a writer director and then they assume that that's the norm in the business and it's not. Mm-hmm. They're very much th- the minority writer directors are the minority it just so happens to be that you have a lot of famous 
writer directors they've yeah. done so well that people are like they think of scorsese they think of tarantino they nolan, think of nolan yeah. they think of fincher right yeah. these people that have a lot to do with story even if someone else writes a bit they're in there and you know and so um it always kind of gets connected to the director and sometimes it's like you know what i've watched movies where i've gone you know this movie wasn't fantastic but it was a great script like the story was really good but there was nothing like amazing about it and because the directing wasn't extraordinary yeah but it was a great story and I, I i think that people that are not in the in the business they don't look at it that way like your average moviegoer they they honestly don't think about writers i actually had this discussion with somebody a couple years ago and i thought they were joking with me where they were like so there's separate people that just like write things for movies. It's I thought it was like yeah. usually the director. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. And then another person in the room was like, yeah, I never really thought about who writes movies. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> That's when I started to develop that opinion as I started to listen to people talk. And I was just like, wow, they really don't think about somebody formulating this story and then having the studio do what they're going to do because... Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that probably 95% of the, the stuff that you watch that a studio takes on is very much edited, yeah. uh, you know, in their favor. And, and, the, and the, the story sort of becomes like this, uh, it becomes a foundation for what you're actually watching, but a lot of it's been changed. Right. Um, and there's, you know, the few indie niche areas and smaller houses that trust the writer enough to be like, yeah, we like this the way it is. Oh, and of course, little tweaks would need to take place with shooting because like you said, something can go wrong that you're like, shit, we got to we didn't get to film that. So we need to kind of like just kind of change yeah. this a little bit. But and that's understandable. Is, it's usually not bad enough. That yeah, the it's something isn't small. Able to, yeah. yeah to They'll just of... go like, well, what if we didn't have this scene? And yeah. How would the character blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah. uh, but most of the stuff that you watch is highly, highly edited uh, away from what the the writer actually created. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. And they, you know, mm -hmm. they they fine tune well, it to what Hollywood right. likes. It's a fine line. And as as a director who doesn't write, like I can see, like I'm a little, I like to consider myself a little bit in the minority, but still, like I understand it. Where it's like, if a studio brings me on to direct something, and they're like, we 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 have the script that we love, and we want you to direct it. Great, I'm in. And no matter what, I'm gonna have my take on the script. Mm -hmm. So I, though, would love to touch base with the, the writer, see what they were thinking, where they wanted to go with this sort of stuff before I get too far into my vision of it or version of it or whatever, um, because I want the whole story. I want to know everything. And I, and I, I would want to stay, try to, if, if I liked the script, mm -hmm. I would want to try to stay as true to it as possible. But if I'm just a hired hand and I, maybe the script isn't that great, then yeah, I mean, I can kind of see the, the like, well, let's you know, let's let's change this yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. there's, it's and also it's the writer may not want but, to be part of it. Yeah, there's that, and then there's like, what, what draft or version was this even? You know, like the, I'm sure the the writer wasn't like, yep, all done with that one, perfect. Right. You know, the, I'm sure it's like some draft, you know, that that they put out there, and and they probably have better stuff since then, or want to like, I don't know when a writer would s stop the script and then submit it to wherever, whatever database it goes to before people like start reading it. Well, um, I think, I think there, there like certain, there certainly are finished is. scripts, but it just, it's, it all depends, you know, it all depends on your management and all that stuff and, and who, what studio is buying it and what their intentions are for it, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
I know I can tell you for a fact if I ever had the 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 opportunity to sell a script and I'm selling a script to like pay the bills. I don't even care to be part of that, probably. I mean, unless I'm getting paid nicely. If they're like, look, we want you on as a script supervisor or something, we'll pay you kind of nice. It's like, all right, fuck it. But I'm very like, you know how I am with stories. Like when I'm done with a story, I'm done with the story. I don't want to like relive that story for the next year and a half. It's just not something I'm interested in doing. So I could very easily see somebody. It's, it's like, especially if it's something that I'm not attached to, right? Like there's script concepts that I have that I'm like, I could see that being made, but I don't have an interest in making it. It's just mm -hmm. like a story that's like, yeah, I could see that, but it just doesn't hold a spot for me. I have no problem just being like, yeah, give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna change all of the characters. Have at it. I, you know, I like. What do you want me to do? I, I'm yeah. not. I'm. I'm not gonna sit here because then a lot of the times it's like, right away when they're like, oh, you know, we we we're casting Timothy Chalamet, and I'm like, I'm out. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. You know? We've got James Franco. We've got this James role. Franco. <laughs> Fuck all. I just, they're absolutely not. Just do whatever the hell you're going to do with it. I don't want any part of it. You don't even have to put my name on there. I already yeah. got paid. I don't want to be associated with James Franco. Um, but right. you know what I mean? It's just, if it was something that I really Credit was. Credit me as Anastasia Beaverhausen. Anastasia please. Beaverhausen. That's it. Um, I wonder if I could use that name. Mm -hmm. Could be my pen name. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, but if it was something that I was like, oh, you know, I would love to make this, but we would never have the money for it and someone's willing to do it. Uh, yeah, like I 100 percent would like if they would have me, I would like to be part yeah, of yeah. it. Um, but if I don't really care and it's just like you're paying the bills, just do what yeah. you're going to do with it. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so just going back into this whole thing, it's just uh, it's been crazy. And and I think that the the attitude and just the 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 backbiting nature that has taken place with the writers specifically only proves my point on how low on the totem pole a writer is yeah. because i don't think that they have ever during strikes and negotiations taken the stance of fuck them starve them out let them lose their houses. They'll come crawling back. Holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, I mean, they didn't even pretend that they had respect for writers. Yeah. It was like, who the fuck are these people? Writers? Yeah. We're not negotiating with writers. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, even, even, uh, even extras, if they're in the union, would be higher up than writers because they would go in with SAG as actors. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you're a principal actor or a background yeah. actor. It's just the whole union and if you're in SAG goes on strike. But, I mean, it's like crystal clear. They have never been that backbiting about mm -hmm. the way that they've felt about negotiations. Because let's, let's just be honest. They never like the negotiations. They never go in like, oh, well, let's hear what they have to say. They're pissed off the second they, they hear strike, right? Yeah. But to take this stance. They're pissed off the second they hear like, oh, you want some of our exactly. money. Exactly. You want some of our money? I only make four hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. What the hell am I supposed to give well, you? Well, it's it's actually I, I find the I find the actual argument to self very interesting because it's it is like it, it's a very tricky problem to solve, right? So like the way that I look at it is like you know if if somebody watches Roseanne, right? Mm -hmm. Laurie Metcalf gets uh, a, a residual check. Mm -hmm. 
you know and and so the what but what the what the student like there's all this money going and everybody gets a piece of it right the writers the the actors the director whoever and so but what the, what happens is that thing airs whatever mm-hmm. on whatever show they run ads on it they get that money and then they they divvy it out between everybody mm-hmm. um and so that ad revenue kind of counterbalances a lot of the the residuals that have to go and the more popular the show is the more they can charge for ads and then the more that they can pay people in residuals so it's all like planned out in in the way it's always been and so now with streaming you don't have that model anymore right. and so there's no additional revenue coming in so on this point like from a from strictly a a uh, uh, financial aspect it's yeah i get it like it, that model doesn't work. That's not to say that the idea of what the model was accomplishing is is not valid. And so it's still a problem that has to be solved, right? Because it's it's your you are doing something that this service is 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 benefiting from. And so yeah, I and I don't know. I don't know what the what the solution is. the The biggest problem in all of this, from my understanding, is that the bigger places like Netflix and 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 whoever. I mean, Netflix is obviously the the one that everybody's talking about because they're mm-hmm. kind of like the biggest streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't share any information about how many streams something gets or whatever. And I feel like me personally, with my uh, uh, conspiracy theory hat on, is like I don't think that they want to because then all of the shareholders know how many times something is watched you know and how much that how much that those views are making cuz they ha- then have to pay out on those views mm-hmm. and so i feel like it's it's it all comes down to finances i think that if if they i don't necessarily know if if it's if it's the fact that they literally don't have the money to pay them or if it's a fact that that uh, they don't want to share that money because they don't want to share the numbers because then that will affect their bottom line. So obviously it's money driven either way, but I, I but I but I'm curious as to I'm curious as to the real reason. Right, but that to, would be to that argument, right? Um, specifically on the streaming standpoint of it, where we say, well, we don't have commercials here. There's not advertising. There's not ads. And how are we making this additional revenue if we don't have those things anymore? To that, I would ask, then how are the CEOs continuing to make right. what they make and and get raises on yeah, top yeah. of that, right? If it were like, hey, since streaming came out, we don't have this additional revenue through ads. So everybody's taken a pay cut. I mean, we're still going to, you know, <laughs> let them eat cake, right? Uh, poor you well, only yeah, making yeah. $300 million a yeah, year. Yeah. But if it were, but, if we were able to, to, to actually see that and say, okay, well, before streaming became popular, this CEO was making $325 million a year. And since streaming, their, uh, their an- annual income is about 250 and it's like, well, you can see the drop there because of the lack of ads. But that's not what's happening. They're yeah. not only making what they made, but they're making more than they made. So how? Well, I think it's it, with the exception of Netflix, all of these companies, their streaming service is a division of whatever. So in like Bob Iger's case, for example, mm-hmm. uh, he's making as much money as us because every other part of Disney is extremely profitable. There's... Every streaming service is wor- working at a loss, right? There's, right. There's no, 
there's no streaming service that is making money yet because it's to an extent though because they wouldn't exist if they weren't well, making money. Well, yeah, well there you can you certainly can. They they're still paying themselves. They could, but not, not. Yes, they could exist, but not maintaining the lifestyle that they exactly. have. They could exist, but that's not. This is the same as any company that you right. go into. Okay, when you, you, your CEOs and a, and, and a corporation, anything you go to, and they're like, oh, you know, we want to have a uh, an employee appreciation day. We're gonna buy you pizza. It's like, or you could give me a fucking raise because yeah. you got a fifty thousand dollar raise this Christmas, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't get shit. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah, you can do that, but how do you keep the rich? rich mm -hmm. that's still happening it's not like oh well you know the the whole the platform has changed and everybody's taking a loss it's like no you're not you're making more money than you've ever made before and then you're telling me that there's not enough money to give other people as yeah. well i mean there the, yeah. something's not adding i mean up they're here. all publicly traded companies so you can see how much they're making or losing but like i think that the only way to do it if you're not going to be running ads again which nobody wants is to like build in those residuals into the budget of the film or the show or whatever if you expect this show to do well like you know like the, the witcher comes out you know like x amount of people are probably going to watch it maybe a little stranger things another good example of something that you know a lot of eyes are going to be on well you have to then have to assume the residuals of eight million views that you're going to get in the first year or whatever number it is it's obviously just the whatever but it's you know and, and then the residuals that would need to be paid out on that that would then have to be budgeted in into the the cost of uh, making the 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 film, and then you're gonna have cases where more people watch than you thought, and less people watch than you thought, and mm -hmm. then it should really balance out. And I think by now you can really kind of judge how many people are gonna watch something to be able to budget that into the cost of the show. But it's also not like ads don't exist. There's still ads on Hulu. In fact, there's going to be ads Hulu, on Netflix yeah. for people who don't want to pay the premium price. Right. They're going to have to sit through X amount of ads for a lower cost. Right. You know, they, but that's just to make up the difference in what they would have paid at the higher cost. With the, sure, so but then they're won't... also making money off of the people that don't want to watch yeah. the ads. So, you know, you, they're, they're making money hand over fist here and they're trying to act as if there's no way for them to disperse that. Uh, you know, equally in any way shape or form and, and the, the the reality is that there isn't there is no way for them to maintain their lifestyle and share that money that is a fact mm -hmm. that is the problem the problem yeah. are the igers well, yeah. of the world who are just like hey we don't want these people rising up to our level you yeah. know i'm not i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna not buy a new yacht this month because you want an extra 50 dollars per week yeah, you know? yeah. like that's it's the it's the age old story, right? Uh -huh. I mean, it's just greed. That is, uh, I don't know. I it's it's so it's it's so frustrating, but at the same time, there's like that part of me that's like, we know this, right? Like, you know how this works, right? You know the, the, these people it's are gonna to anybody. they are they are not gonna subject themselves to a different lifestyle, and the reality is also that. The portion that they would have to take as a deduction from their annual pay, they probably wouldn't even fucking notice. Yeah. If you really think about it. You know, when you're making $300 million a year, if you had $4 million less, do you really notice that? Like, yeah. would you notice that? You, you won't. Yeah. Right? But it becomes a, a game of hierarchy. Yeah. Where it's less about the money and more about I'll be damned if you take my money, you down here, yeah. get any of this money. Yeah. They would 
easily take that money and burn it in front of you. They would rather do that yeah. than let the people yeah. that made them rich get any portion of that. Yep. Yeah, and if ego. Disney sells to Apple, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see because it's like, you know, all the 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 strikes we've had in the past, I, like the 2000 strike, the actor strike, I was in, actually in California for that. I remember that happening, but it didn't, I don't remember it happened. I don't think it lasted very long. Mm -hmm. Those are always arguments over like how much residuals are mm -hmm. or this, or you know, they're, they're smaller arguments. This is a fundamental argument. This right. is how the whole business runs fundamentally for the actors and writers. And so, um, I'm really interested to see how this plays out, and and at some point, if the if the government's going to get involved, like they did with, you know, they've gotten involved with other strikes in the past to kind of, you know, because it's it ru it ruins the economy, right? Sure. Like, um, it's not just a matter of like movies being shut down. There's there's uh, Stranger Things twenty twenty seven. Yeah, there's an there's, really? there's a huge economic toll for that, and that's not just because it's movies. That goes with any industry in any industry. Mm -hmm. UPS goes down forget yeah, it like if that yep. if that goes down like oh my god like so you know um it's going to be interesting to see and i don't you know think fedex throws your packages now wait till ups is out yeah right they're gonna be pissed and so i i wonder if they're gonna like because there are so many streaming services which is good and bad right good because you have competition and bad because mm -hmm. it's more money out of your pocket and and i wonder if the government will make them consolidate, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about economics and stuff, but I believe in in, in, in the past when they had strikes like that, that they, they made some companies consolidate so there wasn't so many because it becomes a nightmare to be, to try to figure out how to do the royalties with with, with so many. Them, but yeah. I don't know, yeah. It's because yeah. none of them... Uh, none of them are really making money, really, like enough money to support that model. Anyway, I mean, that's a fair point that none of the streamers are making enough money to support the model that is currently happening on TV, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and that's not to say that it, they can't or, or, fi or they can't figure it out. Um, but, you know, it's just going to be a matter of like, I think what's what one one thing they could do is like, all right, fine. You want the actors to get paid. Now you're paying 30 bucks a month for Netflix. Yeah. Or now you have to watch an ad before and after yeah, the movie. And they will do, it, they, I have a feeling that is what it, what it will be. They'll just sort of uh, uh, adjust. Building they're not going to be the, the ones that are paying yeah, for it. They'll never, just adjust the cost onto yeah. the consumer. because they just, Once they figure out where, where to get that money from, yeah. it'll be fine. It's, yeah. it's, um, but they have to know, but they'll, they'll be sure to let their customers know, your thing is going up ten dollars a month because of the actors. Because these stupid actors want because it's a so, living wage. It's so it's so vicious that both sides. They're like, you know, uh, Fran Drescher came out and was like all, you know, passionate speech this, and, and then you know you have all this shit that the studios are saying. And I will say that I do recognize that there are definitely some studios that are one hundred percent on board with whatever the actors and writers run. Mm -hmm. You know. It's um, the big studios. It's the bigger ones, the Netflix, the Disney, the most greedy know. ones. Um, I don't, I don't know about HBO. I haven't heard much, but I know, like, um, I, I'm on the fence with them. I, I, I could go, I could believe either way, but definitely Netflix is the is the main one. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the people that the AMPT whatever, um, they negotiate for everybody, and nobody wants to piss off Netflix, you know, and so. Yeah, and, an, and another, especially. 
another thing that uh, you know, anytime these things this, these things happen. Uh, you know, right away, SAG comes flying in with their big cape and everything. And if you've listened to my rants about SAG in the past, you'll know that I'm not the biggest fan of them. And uh, we could we could do a, another whole show about how how that actually works. But I thought it was kind of humorous that they're like, oh, well, SAG is offering, you know, sort of free passes, if you will, to smaller productions that continue throughout the strike because, you know, blah, blah, blah. So if a set that only ha- that has a measly $10 million, well, they can continue there well, it's, making their film. I, I think it's a matter of if the studio they're working for isn't part of the AMPT. Exactly. Whatever, yes. Which A24 is one of them, I A24, believe. Yeah. And there was another film, some film with, uh, I think, Rebel Wilson was being made. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was like a scare. And then they were like, no, no, you can go. They gave them the free pass and and all of that. And, um, you know, I think it it all sounds very nice. Uh, the same as when they, you know, they're there to back up their their actors. And I think that one of my biggest issues is that a union is still a business. A union makes money. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned down a job because I would have been forced to go into a union. It was a part-time job that hardly paid anything. And way too much of my check was going to be going into union dues. And it was a job that I was like, listen, if this job pisses me off, I'm fucking quitting. Yeah. I'm not fighting for this job. Like, yeah, yeah. If I don't want to work here, I feel like I'm not being paid fairly. I'm out. Yeah. So I'm not handing over like 10% of my check to you for the just in case. You know, yeah. like it is still a business. It is still a business. They don't do it for free. Right. Right. Because if it was just about us, then it would be free. It would be like some government funded something or other. Right. But it it comes out of your paycheck. This is something you are paying for. So it's kind of like having a a lawyer on retainer. That's basically what they are. SAG is basically like your SAG dues and all that shit. That's your retainer money. And when you need them, you know, they're supposed to be there to be the mouthpiece. But they don't really give a shit about they're actors. If they did, they wouldn't charge you three fucking thousand dollars to join their little fucking cool kids club. Yeah. All right. As an unknown. Right. But well, they I do think, that. And I they and the they had is... they put asses in the seats, and that's what it's about. And that's the problem that I have. The biggest problem that I have with SAG is that if it really were about the actors and it was about the actors being treated fairly and all this other bullshit, then there would not be a, a, a cap on what you needed to make in order to get medical insurance. Because let's just do the math here. If I'm making less than 28, if I make $27,500 a year, which now makes me ineligible for your precious SAG medical benefits, which by the way, suck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can guarantee you that A-list actors are not using their medical insurance for their surgeries they have privatized insurance that they're paying for they're paying cash okay because it's not the insurance they're giving you it's not the fucked up mvp fidelis tier of whatever they're handing you okay it's bare minimum um if that were the case i make 500 dollars under what qualifies me i'm now having to work a whole other job to make a living yeah okay so if it really were about the people that wouldn't be a thing i think that's absolutely insane to say that you need to make at least twenty eight thousand dollars and the reason why that's so laughable is because sag's greed is what makes it so difficult for people to get jobs because there are more members than there are people qualified for parts yeah there's way too many members what do you need to be a sag actor a fucking pulse and a little bit of good luck 
That's it. You need to get in right. If, if you get or... in front of the right person and you get that voucher, you, was it three now? Yeah. I think still. I don't, I don't know. You get three vouchers or someone takes pity on you. You're okay of an actor. They're in a bind and they're like, here's your lines. Boom. Yeah. I'm in the union. Okay. And then you can hand over your $3,000 and then whatever your bi-yearly shit is that you'd have to pay and all of that crap. Right. And they're not helping you find work. They don't give a shit about you. SAG doesn't give a crap about that lowly independent actor that makes $20,000 a year or $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year. They care about the people that are getting paid millions. Those are that those are their Tom Cruises, right? Those mm-hmm. are the poster board children for their company and that's what it is. Let's not get that confused it's a business it's a company right and they're the face of that company and all of the little minions that sit below them they don't give two shits about you which is why you've got a gajillion people showing up for background work or to just hope that they can get a line in in a movie when boardwalk empire came out and everybody in the entire fucking hudson valley was over there on those sets trying to make it yeah and they didn't (laughs) yeah why because there's too many of you Mm -hmm. right there's too many of you walking around with your sag card thinking that you've actually made it because you're holding a $3,000 card. Yeah. They got you. Yeah. They got you. And that isn't to say that there aren't actors that break through. Of course there are. We've worked with actors that have gone on to do really great stuff and that their careers have blossomed, but they are in the... (laughs) You're welcome, by the way. Uh, They're in the minority. I know far more people that are not doing shit with their SAG membership. Well, that's the thing, right? Actors it's like that you do. have so many people in SAG that are the Tom Cruises, which are, th- that doesn't matter. You know, they, they don't have to worry about working long hours. They can no. say whatever they want. And then you have the other people that are, that got their SAG card, but they're not even like an actor anymore. And so it's, there's just, but too, they're so scared to let it go because they, they too, it's the fear mongering. There's, it, it's, it's a big problem because there's not enough work for all the people and that's the problem with any union i mean that's not just that's not specific to sag you know there's a lot of unions that have more people than work and so um but it's it goes even further than that every union it goes even further than that because i'd say that probably if i'm being honest probably 50 percent of the people that i've come across other actors local-ish as well that are in the union they're not good yeah they're not good actors right that's the problem that's how we got that's why we're in this traffic jam right because you've got all these people that equate their uh their talent as an actor to having that card And SAG wants you to believe that. SAG wants you to believe that you got that card because you are so equipped for this business and that you are so good and prolific that you deserve this card. That card does not make you a good actor. And the fact that 50% of the people that I've come across that have that card, I I wouldn't even take on as students in a beginner's course because it's like you're nothing. I have nothing to work with here absolutely nice people but no talent for acting somehow think that that card has put them in the same category as somebody who has 
yeah. worked for many years, who has range, who has studied, who, who you has You know Chris been... Abbott, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Yeah. And, that's, and that clogs up because it's all those people that come, they come flying into those auditions and they come mm-hmm. flying into those sets hoping to make it. And people that actually have talent could lose out to them yeah. if they got into the line first, right? And it's like, yeah. well, we got enough people here, and then boom, there yeah. you go. It's it's really it's, crazy it's to me. It's tricky because if you have, like, um, other unions, you're dealing with full-time jobs, right? If you're a police officer, mm-hmm. you're working at a police station. Yeah. And you have that job. Like, you, you're set. No, in, you're you, not working. It's for not that. a contract-based right. thing, you know, yeah. where, you know, I mean, I guess being in an electrical union or something like that might be similar. But, you know, a lot of unions will have a it, based around a, a full-time job or whatever. And mm-hmm. so there's the unions that don't. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it would go. Like, I don't know. Are, are you're the, not a deputy and also a waiter. Right, right. And I don't know, like, how far the studios go, right? Like, I mean, ultimately, couldn't they just say, you know what? We're not going to sign any more. We're not going to sign. We're not doing because the big fear for a lot of actors is like, yeah, I maybe I would do it, but I don't. I want to be able to join the union someday, so I don't want to mm-hmm. be a scab and whatever. But but then if like Netflix turns around and says, you know what, from now on, we're not hiring anybody in the union. So now that union membership doesn't mean anything because it doesn't. You, anybody could be an actor now. Like not, I shouldn't say any, like you know what I mean. You don't have to be in the union mm-hmm. to do it. Like so, then there's no fear of not of doing a job and not being able to go in the union later because the union, they could disband the unions, right? Essentially. Couldn't they do that? If they all got together and decided, I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, anything can it's, happen. That's it's one funny of those how scenarios, all of these, I don't see that happening. all of these streaming companies are in competition with each other and hate each other until it comes to money. Then they're all like, we got to band together. Yeah. We got to band together. <laughs> Nothing will, will band a bunch of rich old white people together <laughs> like money. Kick all these, these lowly people to the ground where they belong. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really interesting thing. And, you know, you, you know, you have we've had people ask, like, can you can you work through a strike? Like, yes, you can. I mean, there's there's, there's no contract can, yeah. that says you can't. You can, but it's not a good look and it can affect you, especially, you know, the only time well, that I on, would say work on union things like. Right. And the, line, the only time that I would line. say, like, let's say a, as a writer, for instance, right, if uh if you haven't had a whole lot of success and because of the strike, you get some really crazy opportunity because there is this opening now. Right. Um, uh, and, and you're, uh, you don't really care if you sell another thing, you know, you're kind of like on the fence about it and somebody offers you a lot of money, then yeah, just fucking do it. Right. Cause if you don't care about like looking like a scab or, you know, mm. but it, it can come back to bite you later if you're not careful about it. And a lot of times, not even, even the, 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 uh, production companies know better because they can get blacklisted by actors once yeah. everything comes back they'll be like yeah. oh yeah we remember you and you started going to all these other people and trying to get them to blah, 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 and then all of a sudden yeah. you're in the shit they'd rather just wait it out it'll cost them less that way yeah. than what they could potentially lose by trying to be sneaky yeah. um so yeah can you work through it yes but should you no no um, and there are but there are things you can do i mean SAG has all this stuff on their website about what you can and and, mm-hmm. and the Writers Guild I'm sure has it as well as what you can and, and can't um, do um, like what work on because there are things you can work on I think like video games maybe or like audio books and stuff like do that so no but there, but but I don't want you know if there's like newer actors listening I don't want them to think that we can't do anything and it's like like if we made a film you can work on our film if you're non-union like it's, the union doesn't give a fuck about us so they're not going <laughs> to blacklist you cuz we're not part of the no. uh, the AMP they're not worried about right. us they're yeah. not worried about us so um 
not only are they not worried about us, it's not Look, there's no legally. We've worked we've worked with union actors. Yeah. We've worked with union actors that, you know, we found out either during or after the the fact and we were like, uh and they were like, Yeah, I don't care. I'm willing to get in trouble for it because I don't get nearly enough work. Yeah. And that's a that again, that's a that's a FICOR uh, con, uh conversation that I can go on such a tangent about. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this, uh, how this all unravels because from what I've heard, they, they're anticipating this going into the fall. They figure that they'll starve the writers, especially out. Joke's kind of on them because writers are already poor. So, you know, I mean, this is the thing too. It's just like actors and writers, like the, especially the ones that are, are, are fighting this and that the ones that this will benefit the most already have second jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're not, most of them, most of both of these um, uh, uh, unions don't rely on this as their sole income. Yeah. It's the ones that do, like those are the probably the people that get hurt the most, right? Is the ones that are just just making enough the to girl give up. the I, I i'm sorry i don't remember her name but the actress from, from orange is the new black this is a person that gets doubly fucked in this right because you could say oh well you know what just um you're not making enough money acting that girl can't just work at starbucks she's going to be recognized all the time she's yeah. going to get fired from that starbucks wherever i mean she would have to work in like it or like in billing somewhere where yeah. maybe people wouldn't see her people are going to come and be like i saw your boobies on yeah TV. but like the 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 easiest jobs to get you're not famous enough but famous enough yeah. right you're just famous enough to not be able to work a regular job that was without being the, harassed that was always the uh the, the give and take of it all right it's like you know, fame has that side of it where like you get recognized everywhere and it's like annoying or whatever. But then also you you're good because you're, you're getting paid enough that you don't have to worry about it. Kind of you can just be a hermit and that's not the case anymore. You know? Yeah, I think that that look, you know, boo hoo. But it, yeah, it's right. just it's just something that uh, I think I think a lot of uh, moviegoers and, 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 you know, show watchers, what have you don't really think of is that, you know, that there's sort of a it's the blessing and the curse of of a situation where you get a big break and it's like, it only goes two ways. It's almost like, God forbid you get a role on a show that becomes a breakout hit. If you don't make it after that, you're kind of fucked because people always remember you. They'll always remember you because the show did so well. You become that face Mm -hmm. from Game of Thrones or Orange is the New Black or, you know, what have you. And people always, Sopranos or something like that, right? And then that that actor tries to work at Old Navy Mm -hmm. and they can't. Yeah. So it's, you know, obviously you want to be excited about the opportunities that you get, but it becomes a nonstop hustle. Every day is a, is a you're constantly living in that anxiety of yeah. like when is my next gig because if I don't get a gig soon I'm not going to be able to pay my rent and I think that a lot of people don't think about that they think that they're making millions of dollars per show and it's like these people are barely making enough to survive and yeah. if they don't grab another gig immediately now they're starting to you know hit into the negative digits and they go bankrupt really easily yeah. <laughs> because how are you supposed to find work if you're too recognizable to do that but not sought after enough to continue in the business 
Um, I, you know, as this goes as this goes on, we'll continue to you know kind of touch base monitor on the it. Situation. We'll monitor the situation exactly, yes, and see how that goes. But uh, I was I wasn't surprised, but I was also surprised at just how vulgar they were towards the actors. I mean, I it's going to be really. I'm sorry, I meant the writers. How how vulgar they were towards the writers, and um, I, I I don't know. I'm not sure what their negotiations are going to be if they're they're flying in with that attitude. Right, that's the thing. Because now their egos on the line. They're like, I'm yeah. definitely not going to bend to you. We hate you. <laughs> and yeah. you know, with actors, it's like, oh, fucking actors are at it again. What do they want? But like the writers, they take that really personal. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare a writer ask to have a living wage? It's so. And with the actors one, you know, when they bring up the AI stuff, it's so... This is the last point, and then we'll Oof, leave you. These, yeah, that we, we like, didn't touch on on that. That often. whole digital thing, like scanning someone once and then owning them forever, and it's like, isn't this the model that you hate? Like, if I were to... Uh, uh, if you were to sell something once, then mm-hmm. you, you can use it forever mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, uh, but that whole, like, Jonah's awful was pretty much just a game plan it wasn't an episode of black mirror that's literally the, that game, is plan. the game plan yeah so um i find that interesting so if you're an actor don't let anybody do scan you think you. All, like so you you can take that two ways where you could be like oh the writers because here's the thing right the studios th- this is what this is what's tricky is like an episode like that they go like oh look they were trying to you know they're trying to warn us about what they were doing and it's like or they were in on it because netflix no netflix would be one of the people to benefit off of that. They're not going to let that shit air. They just, they're so ego. They, 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 no, but I think it's, I, I, so I'm going to borrow your hat for a second. And I'm kind of like, I feel like they, they added just enough comedy to desensitize you. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought of when people are like, oh, it's, you know, who, who wrote that because they're, Oh, they're 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 on our side, and it's like no. I think that Netflix was like, yeah, yeah, write that, make it funny, so that when we do this shit, they don't realize that we're actually fucking doing it. Yeah, I thought it was way more sinister and much less of a, a political stance that the creators had made. Because I'm like, no, Netflix wouldn't have let that fly if they knew they were being laughed at for it. They're doing this and they're letting this air and they're 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 producing these things because this is their plan. And if they can make it enough of a source of entertainment, it becomes an everyday part of life. And then we don't really think of it anymore. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it. Yep, I can see that. Um, I'll give you your hat back, but that's just where I went with that. And, you know, the the, the idea of being paid once as an actor and then having your image forever your locked into that in studio yeah. is crazy forever is fucking bonkers. Like, so then like, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't think it's okay at all, but I can kind of almost maybe kind of almost maybe see them saying like, Oh, for this project, cause they're trying to be cheap, right? We don't have to pay you to be here for four days, which is still ridiculous. This goes into the actress thing, right? Where it's like, well, how am I supposed to make a living? Yeah. You want to pay me for one day? So yeah. wait, like $150 for the day and then but it's like, like <laughs> I, I think about like, you know, because you take someone like Ben Affleck, right? He was an extra at one point in his life. Most people, many and actors if, were. If, if somebody were to do that and then, yeah. now, and then you become famous, now, th- now this company owns your likeness. Yep. It's like, fuck that. Like they can do anything. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's. Fuck them. <laughs> Eat the rich. Yeah. But like also 
I don't know. I don't know. How I, don't know. I don't know how bitter. I don't know how this is going to play out. I really don't know how this is going to play out. If they get their way and then <sighs> shit. I don't think they'll get their way. I mean, I, I really think the um, most people I, I do, do not think... read the fine print of what they're signing on set. No, but it, no, but that, you know, the, you don't there know are negotiations what you're now, so, so whatever. But I do think that the writers have zero chance of getting what they want. The actors have a good chance of getting what they mm. want. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because if if the studios cave and give the writers what the actors what they want and still don't give the writers what they want, like I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Eventually they're gonna run I out don't of know, material. But the, yeah, but that's the thing. The studios are suffering now when they have to halt production. So they're gonna have to give something to the writers if they want to keep their you know their yeah. uh, the money makers going. Right. They're losing money on some pretty popular series right now that are yeah. not being the last of it's us just a, yeah 2025 are you fucking kidding me yeah <laughs> like it's it's yeah it's gonna be a mad it's gonna well you know they say like oh we want to starve the writers and stuff out and it's like the writers like all we have to do is make you lose 30 million dollars which we can do in a year and then like you'll fucking come crying back to us like they're ironically because they're actually right they're actually the ones that are more worried about losing money than the poor people you know yeah because poor people are already used to losing money as we know we've all been there also like the right this is another thing also is like the big time writers again they'll be fine yeah you know the writers writers that are selling their scripts for a million bucks or whatever the hell it is you know they'll be okay but it's the people that are selling scripts for you know, much, much less than that, yeah. uh, that have to sell several scripts a year to make ends meet or at least to, you know, especially if it's a feature, it takes them six months to write this script. You know what I mean? And then like they sell it. They don't. It's not like they're pumping them out every month. You know what I mean? So those are the people that are really suffering through this. And I don't know that those people are writers for The Last of Us. And for Stranger right. Things and all of that stuff, right? It's the smaller indie stuff or the shows that, you know, they're popular, but they don't make as much money and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that they're, you know, that they're really screwing over here. Yeah. The big time writers, like, yeah, they'll, they're kind of more inclined to give them what they want. But it's unfortunately everybody smashed into one place. Yeah. Unions. So that's, you know, that's where that sucks for them because now, uh, you know, everybody kind of gets taken down. But anyhow, we will see how this goes. Um, we should have a guest for next week, hopefully. Um, we also have the Peekskill Film Fest next week. Uh, so we'll be talking about that probably the week after. We might have the one of the showrunners on there to kind of talk about the festival and how everything goes. Whole lot of stuff. We got a pl- we have two plays next week. We've got the Film Fest Holy shit. We're keeping busy. There's a lot of things going on. Um, And also we will be talking about the recent Project Greenlight on HBO Max Mm -hmm. or Max, whatever the hell they're called now. I don't know. Um, It may be a little while until we get to that because we do have so many things going on. But we got some. Please watch that. We got some thoughts. So that we can have a conversation, if you will, about it. Shout out. Shout out to MoGraph. To MoGraph. And thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next week through the magic of the internet. Yes. Bye.